Welcome back to The Hardcore Therapist, where we explore topics related to mental health and personal growth. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we have an important discussion ahead. We want to emphasize right from the start that this podcast episode does not replace the need for professional therapy. It is crucial to acknowledge that while self-help and self-improvement tools can be valuable, they are not a substitute for therapy when needed. So hi, everyone. Um, So last week I did an episode on um, meditation and why I use meditation in my practice and in my therapy practice and how I use it personally. So someone asked me about... um, I mentioned that like, I'm not really getting into brain stuff. I don't really talk about brain stuff. And they asked if I could talk about it in this episode. So I had to do some research because um, if there's anything I forget, it's usually things that relate to the science piece. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but it's the truth. I seem to black that out a little bit. So I'm going to talk about what I researched um, about that. But then I also had someone asking me, about meditation and gut health, because um, I often refer to the gut as a second brain. And um, I've talked a little bit um, to clients and to other people about how I've used um, hypnotherapy and and meditation to help some of my gut issues that I'm having. Um, So I'm going to talk about both things. So first, I'm going to start talking about the brain stuff. So here we go. Um, How it has a a positive effect on the brain. There's like tons of studies done. all over. Like if you go on the internet, you can find a million studies, but here are some of the effects that I know that happen. Structural change. So it's funny. I just got off the phone with my friend Gerald um, and he was talking about um, one of his meditation teachers actually said, um, I can show you how your, your brain gets larger while you're meditating. And there's actual structural change that will happen specifically in areas of learning memory and self-awareness. So um, like that gray matter density has to be observed in the hippocampus, which is involved in memory. And in that area, brain association, um, you will uh, have self-awareness and compassion. So that is one of the structural changes that can happen. Another thing that happens is just neuroplasticity, which, um, you know, is pretty interesting a meditation has been shown to promote neuroplasticity and the brain's ability to reorganize and form new neurological connections, which is pretty rad. Um, this can contribute to enhanced cognitive function, um, like improve, improving attention, focus, and learning, which is definitely something I always need more help in. Um, I definitely suggest if you are a teacher or you work with any kids that have ADHD or you have ADHD, Uh, Meditation is super powerful in this way. So um, when I was teaching, I was using meditation in my classroom to kind of get kids focused. Um, I did like this Wellness Wednesday um, spiel in my classroom where we would do, we would start with a meditation. We would go into um, goal setting and different things like that and got kids to to talk about like personal goals as long as well as school goals. And they, um, you know, they actually really enjoyed the meditation. Um, I always did a like a feedback form for the students. And they would say that wellness Wednesday was their favorite part of my class. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Okay. So then this is one I was trying to understand a little bit more, but this, I wrote this down. So, so bear with me. There's a default mode network and any of my meditation people out there, if you could explain this more or brain people, I would love to know more. And I'm sure my People who are listening would love to know more, but um, what is called the DMN is a network of the brain region 
that activates when the mind is at rest and not focusing on the outside world. Meditation practices often involve reducing mind wandering and increased present moment awareness, which can lead to the changes in DMN activity, which is freaking cool as hell. Because um, I really hated yoga for a really long time because I would say like, I have monkey brain and I can't focus or I hate meditation and I can't focus. And I have noticed I am able to focus more on everyday activities, not just in my meditation. So that's a thing and it's real. The next would be your megilla, um, megilla activity. So the megilla is involved in processing emotions, particularly fear and stress responses. Um, which I'm going to get into a little bit more when I'm talking about the gut, because that's a whole thing. Meditation has been associated with reducing activity in the amygdala, uh, suggesting a potential role in stress reduction and emotional regulation. Amazing. Um, the other thing is prefrontal cortex. Meditation practice, especially those that involve mindfulness, have been linked to increased activity in the prefrontal cortex. This area of the brain is associated with executive functioning, such as decision-making, impulse control, and emotional regulation. Um, again, another reason why meditation is really helpful for people who have ADHD, it kind of gets you to practice um, being more present, and this is going to help with that impulse control and emotional regulation. Um, I've done meditation a lot with clients who have a lot of trauma. And um, when they seem to not be able, they disassociate a lot um, or they're just super emotional. This is a very helpful thing for them. This is super cool too, I think. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is brainwave patterns, right? So different forms of meditation can influence brainwave patterns. Um, like mindfulness meditation um, has been associated with increasing in alpha and theta brainwaves, which are linked to relaxation and heightened sense of awareness. Freaking cool. Okay, the next thing is um, the cortical thickness. Some studies suggest that regular meditation may be associated with increased cortical thickness. It's a very hard word for me to say in certain regions of the brain. Um, this thickness may be related to improving cognitive function. Um, I don't know about anyone else out there, but um, one of my biggest fears as I, as I continue to get older and um, I had a grandparent who had dementia is like how my brain is functioning. And I'll do a lot of different things to help my brain function and meditation happens to be one of them. Um, pain, pain perception. So meditation has been found to alter pain perception. Um, Mindfulness meditation in particular is shown to reduce the subjective experience of pain and change the way that the brain processes pain signals. For people who are in chronic pain, um, this would be amazing. So if you have fibromyalgia or you or you're work with anyone with fibromyalgia, this is another reason why to use meditation. So, you know, I think, you know, being able to tell your clients or, or for, for most people, just knowing the why is important. So if I had any clients, um, and I do who have chronic pain, this would be, um, a reason why I would, would work with them on that. And then the last thing with the brain that I think is important to note, I'm going to talk more about the brain when I'm talking about gut too, but is cognitive performance. There is evidence that suggests that regular meditation can lead to improvement in cognitive function, including 
intention memory, and problem-solving skills. So one of the things that I did when I was teaching um, is I would actually go to schools and I would help um, do some meditation and some yoga with younger students. I think it's a, it's a huge difference. So I have clients as young as three and I do meditation with them and I do yoga with them. It's pretty amazing um, the difference once you have, um, if you have children, once you do something like this and you try some different things to get them, they can relax more, they can uh, have more attention. So if you happen to be um, a parent and you have a child who gets super antsy about doing homework or anything like that, doing different kinds of um, mindfulness will really be helpful to help them really just kind of hone in on doing their work. So I usually set timers, um, for me personally, when I'm doing work, um, and then do some sort of mindfulness activity. And that doesn't mean just sitting and being like, you know, in the Lotus position, which is like your legs crossed or, you know, laying flat on the ground, like in a Shavasana or something like that. You can totally do walking meditation. Um, you know, there's just so many different ways you can do that. So those are just a few brain things that I kind of picked up. Again, I am not um, 100%. I'm not an expert. Like this is not my field of study. Brain science is not it. But I think that these are just kind of a good start to, to talk to you about that. The important thing here is I do want to talk about meditation and, and the gut um, because there's been so much research done on um on gut and, and meditation uh, practice and gastrointestinal health. And I want to talk a little bit about those relationships. So I know I already talked about when I talked about the brain um, reducing stress. Okay. So like, you know, reducing stress is super important. And in the brain, as I said before, it is I'm blanking out. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm totally blank. It's an amygdala, which is always a hard word for me to say. So um, and the brain there, but also, you know, the gut is known as the second brain because there's serotonin produced in the gut. So if you're doing stress reduction, um, and you have gastrointestinal issues, there's a huge link between stress, anxiety, and gastrointestinal health. So, um, meditation, as I said, is well known for stress reducing effects and stress has a significant impact on gut health. Chronic stress has been linked to digestive issues such as irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease. Um, by reducing stress levels, a meditation can um, indirectly contribute to a healthier gut. I think it is direct. Okay, I'm going to be very honest. Um, so that is definitely a huge, for me, is a huge piece of why um, I love to talk about how your gut can be impacted by meditation. Also, the just the brain-gut access. As I said, there's that um, bi-directional communication system known as a brain-gut access, but like your gut is the second brain. So what happens is this connects to the central nervous system, which includes the brain. Um, and, and then with the intrinsic, I can never say that word, <laughs> nervous system in the gut, um, it, it kind of, it, it links it all together. So a meditation practices, particular mindfulness based interventions, um, help influence gut function and pronounce balance gut microbiomes, right? So that's a super cool thing. If your mind and your, and your gut work well together, you can change your gut, um, the bad, like gut microbiomes, which is super cool. 
something that I really struggle with, and I have a lot of clients I talk to about this, is kind of inflammation and immune response. So chronic inflammation in the gut is associated with various gastrointestinal disorders. And there's studies that have suggested that meditation practices may have anti-inflammatory effects and influence immune responses. It promotes more balance, inflammatory, cannot talk again, states, this is, this is awesome, I'm doing a podcast where I continuously tell you I can't talk. I can talk, I'm just having a hard time tripping over my words right now. This is a, a little dyslexic moment. Um, meditation could potentially benefit gut health, as I said again. Um, the microbiome uh, modulation, the gut microbiome, the community of microorganisms residing in the digestive tract play crucial roles in digestion, metabolism, and Im immune function. So there's been some research suggesting that meditation practices may influence the composition and adversity of the gut microbiome. Um, but there's more research that needs to be done. No one really fully knows all of that. The next thing I wanted to talk about is vagal tone and the vagus, vagus nerve system. And um, someone actually asked me to explain this more, and I will in another podcast, but the vagus nerve is a major component to the parasynthetic nervous system. It plays an important role in regulating various bodily functions, including digestion. Meditation practices, particularly those that emphasize deep diaphragmic breathing, may stimulate the vagus nerve, promote a state of relaxation and potentially enhance gut function. All important, right? Um, again, I'll do, talk more about the vagal tone and vagus nerve in another um, podcast. I had someone who was interested in that as well. Um, and I am, I'm going to try to like link it to a person um, who does a lot with vagus nerve work um, in the Wim Hof. So just a breathing thing. So um and then the next thing, which I work a lot with people with eating um, disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, I am an uh, I am an intuitive eating uh, counselor. I'm like certified, so I talk a lot about mindful eating. Okay, so mindfulness meditation eating is like when you're totally present and attentive while eating will will lead to normally healthier. Um, digestion and better nutrient nutrient absorption. So those are kind of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Again, from the questions, thank you all so much about the questions. Just know that there's more research that needs to be done on this. Um, there's you know not a there's a ton out there if you look at like articles and magazines and different things like that. But um, there's not as much as as I was hoping to find, and um, you know, in in like a magazines or I'm sorry, in articles or, um, that I, you know, that I was looking through in like that are professional <laughs> articles. Wow. My mind, I needed not to do this right now. I'm so sorry, everyone. I am apologizing right now. So it's me, the hardcore therapist, Sarah, letting you know that I am not perfect and I make a lot of mistakes. So I'm trying my best right now. Um, but I do want to thank everyone for listening and and reaching out to me and just allowing yourselves to be a part of my life and part of my community. It's super important. I really appreciate that. Um, my next guest that will be on Friday will be uh, Josh Kane, who um, owns Gandiva Yoga in Connecticut. Him and I are friends and have talked about a, a bunch of things that relate to um, 
being more spiritually minded. So that should be super cool. Um, and that's, that's about it from the hardcore therapist. I hope this was helpful. And again, if you have questions, you can reach out to me on um, Instagram at the hardcore therapist, or you can reach out to me at the hardcore therapist at gmail.com or my website, the hardcore therapist. Uh, .com. Um, all merchandise that is sold on my website goes to people who are uninsured and underinsured. So thank you so much. I hope everyone's having a great day and I will get back at you all Friday. <laughs>